Hi listeners, welcome back to Adopting the Podcast. As always, I'm so excited to be your host for this journey. I'm Nicole Witt, Executive Director of the Adoption Consultancy, where we guide pre-adoptive parents step-by-step through the adoption journey. In Adopting the Podcast, we're going to focus on the issues, questions, and concerns you have as you get started in your adoption journey. This is for people just considering brand new to or early in the process who are trying to get their questions answered, figure out their best path forward, learn about what to expect and how the process works. When it comes to pregnancy, there are pretty clear guidelines on when people share their news with others, which is usually right after they've completed their first trimester. But with adoption, there's no such thing as a norm. First of all, there are so many unknowns with the timing right? How long until you match? How far along in the pregnancy will the expectant mom be? And of course, will the match ultimately end with a successful placement? So it's no wonder that pre-adoptive parents get overwhelmed when deciding when to share their exciting plans. Plus that answer may be different for the different groups of people in their life, their family, their friends, their coworkers, their boss. So today we're going to talk about how to make some of these decisions how to approach the sharing of your big news, and how to handle it if the response to your announcement doesn't go as expected. So to help us unpack all of this, my guest today is Laura Hoffman. She's a licensed clinical social worker and social work supervisor at Adoption Arc. Laura has a private practice where she sees patients for psychotherapy. And like I mentioned, she's the social work supervisor at Adoption Arc. Adoption Arc is a private licensed adoption agency in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Delaware. The agency has been providing excellent services to birth families and adoptive parents for 28 years. Laura has been practicing since 1994, and among other things, she has a passion for child welfare. She's an adoptive mother to a 13-year-old boy, and her clinical focus in her practice has been focused around helping potential adoptive parents manage all the uncertainty that comes with going through the adoption process. Thanks so much for being here today, Laura. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. So before we dig into some specific questions, let's address this overall topic more broadly. Let's talk about some of the pros and cons of sharing one's plan to adopt in general. You and I had had connected on this topic previously. Do you want to share your thoughts in terms of the risks and rewards of sharing earlier versus later? Sure. And, and I think that you really kind of phrased that beautifully because there are two coexisting factors. There are lots of rewards because when we share news with people who we love, uh, you know, friends and family and, and support, you know, network, you know, we get support. We, we get a, a nice big, you know, proverbial hug from, from people who um, care about us and care about our, our journey and, and know that, you know, becoming uh, parents is something you know near near and dear to our hearts. So there's a benefit in in receiving that level of support. However, once we let go of information, it becomes not ours anymore. So there's the the whole uh, potential consequence of losing control over over boundaries and um, when and and how you know, you want to address the process um, that, that's happening. So there are two really, really different situations that can be really hard to, to maintain. 
when I think people have good intentions, sometimes it, it's not always received as, as pleasant. So that's the complexity. Right. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that perspective. I think that's a great backdrop from which to approach this topic. As I'm sure this is an issue that you deal with regularly in in your private practice, as well as with the agency. Can you please share maybe some of the concerns and fears people have when it comes to telling their news that they're planning to adopt? Well, yeah, I I think one of the things that, that people are fearful about is that that once they share the, the news, there is almost this expectation that you know a baby is going to kind of come out of the woodwork um, instantaneously. And I think for those of us who who are you know really familiar with the world of adoption, we know that it's a, a world that's really full of uncertainty, right? So you know, as you said in the beginning, you know you could. We match, but is that match going to come to fruition? And is the the pregnancy going to be viable? And you know, there's so many factors that have to be taken into consideration. So I think during the waiting period, potential adoptive parents visit many different emotional platforms. They, you know, definitely experience excitement and they're eager and they're hopeful. And then very quickly, they can, you know, have feelings of of disappointment and frustration because wait feels longer than what they had hoped. So I think depending upon where the potential adoptive parent is standing, the inquiry from anyone in the outside world could land on them in a very different way. And that's one thing that you give up when you share your information right? People don't necessarily know where you are on a given day. So a simple inquiry about how are things going or any news, you know, it's meant to be, you know, kind and considerate, but it can really be received as something uncomfortable and painful. So I think when we are, you know, working with potential adoptive families, you know, we feel like we want to educate them as, as much as possible so that they're, you know, really aware of what they're gaining and and what they're you know letting go of in terms of you know other people's you know kind of questioning about the process. Yeah, and I think um, you know one of the things that I hear a lot tied to what you're saying, which is a very real and valid concern because it happens, is that you know once people share with other people, their loved ones are so excited for them and they don't really understand the process. So right. there's a, a constant. How's it going? Any updates? What's going on? And then they're getting that from multiple different people. And we know that there can be lengths of time without any updates, right? So I know that that can get very frustrating for people. Are some of those concerns or fears different for or specific to the different groups of people in their lives? You know, are there are there any substantial differences between friends, family, coworkers, boss? Sure. And I think that's a a great point to point out. You know, I think one of the things that, you know, we suggest to people is, you know, how much to look at how much they want to invest in really kind of educating their networks, right? The people who are closest to you, I I think it behooves you to really do some some psychoeducation about, you know, the, the world of adoption, what this looks like what could happen, how things are going to unfold. Because I, I think you do want to have a few people who really understand 
how very you know fragile the process is so that they can really walk beside you and, and support you, right? Mm-hmm. So for example, let's say somebody's matched with the birth mother. Well, I mean, that's wonderful and that's very exciting, but there's a process, you know, during that, that matching period, that birth mother is receiving options counseling. That birth mother hopefully is working with a licensed agency who's going to really help her, you know, evaluate if this is the right decision for her. So she's fully informed and and really feels good about moving forward. Once the baby's born, there's a waiting period. Legal surrenders are signed. So the process for the potential adoptive parents really incorporates this full range of complex emotions. It's kind of like cautiously optimistic times 10. So I think it's worth sitting down with, you know, a few people and and saying, here's really what this journey is going to look like. And those people, I think, can be privy to more intimate details of the process. But I do think, you know, particularly when you're looking at sharing information with younger siblings or maybe coworkers or, or acquaintances, less is more. And I think, you know, just kind of protecting yourselves and and the information is is probably the wisest thing to do so that you're not subjected to, you know, answering questions that you may not want to answer. It's a lot easier to unpack a lovely surprise than it is to unpack, you know, a grief and loss that you may not want to process with other people that you're not so intimately involved with. Yeah. And I think that that is a good delineation. I think there, there are kind of two big groups here, right? It's, it's the loved ones, um, the people who really personally care about you. And then, you know, more of the maybe work related people, coworkers, boss. And certainly there can be some overlap between those two groups, but I think that's sure. a, a pretty fair delineation. So what guidance do you provide regarding when is the right time to share their big news with each of those two general groups? Right. And, and, you know, I, I think it really piggybacks a little bit on what I, I was just saying. You know, I think the, you know, kind of intimate connections, the immediate family, the, the, the people who, you know, you're really interacting with on, on a close relational way with, with frequency. I mean, it makes sense that some of the process is, is shared as it's unfolding. I think to say, I know, you know, me personally, you know, when, um, it was something that my my son's father and I decided we wanted to pursue. You know, we shared with our, our immediate family that we're going to start exploring adoption. And that felt really uncomfortable because they knew that, you know, we wanted to become parents and that we were having struggles with fertility issues. So, you know, that felt really comfortable. But I can say me personally, I was somewhat guarded with talking to people outside of that immediate circle, um, because quite frankly, I, I didn't want to hear everybody else's experience of, oh, my next door neighbor adopted a child. Right. You know, I just, I, I felt like I needed to kind of gather information and really kind of synthesize it because it's a lot to learn. I think that brings me to really this place of saying, you know, there's something about having this, you know, really strong intuitive relationship with yourself within the couple, you know, if you're adopting in a partnership, really honoring what you want and, and what you need. You know, I was really clear that I didn't want everyone's insight into, you know, their adoption stories or what worked or what didn't work. 
So that's a great place to start too. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, thinking when I unload this information, am I equipped for the consequence? Do I want to bump into, you know, my neighbor at the supermarket and, and have her ask me, you know, questions about what the status is of, of the process when maybe that day I'm not in a great mood and, and I'm feeling really negative about the experience. So I think it's good to do some proactive evaluation of, of what are the consequences in, in, in speaking about those. And I want to talk a little bit about some of the pros and cons of, of sharing maybe early or, or possibly too early versus sharing later. And we've touched on, on several of them already, right? So if you share early, you have the risk of what if the adoption doesn't go through? What if it's a long wait and you have people asking you questions all the time about how it's going? Also, there can be things like you might miss out on, on opportunities at work or promotions because they think that you're not going to be there for them. And then maybe you are there for them, right? If if things take longer, any other, before we talk about some of the risks of sharing too late, any other kind of general categories that we haven't touched on in terms of risks of sharing on the earlier side? You know, I, I think what it does is, and I've, I've said this in some other ways, I think what it does is it invites people with good intention to, let's say, you know, drop their experience on you when it may not be behoove you in that moment. So that mm-hmm. so it's you know for me it's about it's a control issue of of boundary. And you know it's such a, a, a sensitive journey and there's so much emotion that I do think you know self-care is about you know being protective. And just going back to do you want to lose the management of when you get to talk about this and, and when you don't. So, so I think too early and, and with, you know, too many people knowing that's something that, that is at risk. Okay. So, so let's talk about the flip side, sharing a bit later, which could either be, you know, late in the process could be on purpose, right? Waiting till it's, it's, you know, very late, or it can sometimes be, you know, because things happened really quickly, right? And maybe you had intended to share and then suddenly now you are a parent and you haven't told anybody you were adopting. So what are some of the risks related to that? You know, it's, it's funny. I'm just laughing to myself because I remember, you know, we had a few people who would, you know, literally look at us straight in the face and be like, I didn't know you were planning on adopting. And I would always think to myself, well, why would you? Right, right. I didn't tell you. Right. I I consciously didn't tell you because I wanted to keep it close to the vest for, for, you know, an array of reasons, right? And, And that was purposeful. You know, I think that there are times where, you know, people could get their feelings hurt and feel like they weren't incorporated in, in a process that was really important to you. And I think really kind of just having good open conversation around, hey, I had to establish these boundaries to keep myself sane and, and really go through a very difficult process. I do think in this day and age, we can really pull together resources rather quickly. So it's not like uh, people are, are not going to be able to have, you know, the material things that they need to, to take care of a baby. We can really usually get those things quickly. I think, you know, making adjustments in, in work. I mean, 
sometimes that can be a little bit tricky if it's a, a last minute situation mm-hmm. you know, to be able to turn around and say to your boss, hey, by the way, I'm taking my my leave for the next eight weeks. Those are things that logistically can be complicated, but I, I do think that they're manageable. Yeah. And I find that that in particular is one that people worry about a lot, right? Because if you do have to leave work unexpectedly for a lengthy period of time, that can create issues between you and your boss or your management and even your coworkers who may be resentful if they suddenly have to jump in and fill the gap. You know, I I always remind people when, when I'm talking about this with my clients, though, there are lots of other reasons things like that happen, right? Some people have medical emergencies, people have family emergencies, you know, things happen, right? It's not going to be the first or last time that you're, you know, the people in your work circle are going to have to deal with something like that. So exactly. Yeah. And, And I think that, you know, I think as long as you're, you know, accountable, and and you try to be, you know, as uh, fastidious and and wrapping things up as as possible, you know, it it really is a a life event. And and I think people, you know, may have some resentment, but simultaneously understand that that this is this is something that could not really be, you know, delayed or or, or planned out differently. Right. Uh, But, you know, the whole journey of going through the the waiting period of, of exploring adoption, you know, being being a potential adoptive parent, waiting for the match. I mean, it's riddled with uncertainty. And in general, human beings are not big fans of uncertainty. <laughs> right. um, so, you know, that's kind of our relationship with uncertainty is is really, you know, for many of us, it's it's what causes anxiety, right? And I think sometimes we try to grasp onto the small things that we can control in a process that feels really daunting. And, you know, sometimes it's just really helpful to, you know, try to work on you know, taking those deep breaths and recognize that, you know, the process is, on, is going to unfold. And, and some of these, these things that we're so hyper-focused on, there's not a, a whole lot we can do in the midst of all the unknown, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really learning how to tolerate it as best we can. Yeah, no, that's a great perspective. What about how to share the news? Do you have tips for that? I mean, obviously it could be anything from a casual conversation, a a big announcement, a written document at work, a social media post. What do you think are some of the the pros and cons of each approach or or what advice do you tend to give on that? Well, you know, I, I think that it really is about, you know, kind of it's almost like, you know, kind of each sphere of, of, you know, kind of relational proximity is, is dealt with in a different way. Right. So I think with, you know, the people you're closest to, again, you may want to sit down and say, we were chosen, you know, by birth mother, here's the situation. I think it does really call for a conversation in, in person. Um, you know, I always think like, you know, putting things in writing, you know, just remember you can't take them back. I think it's different, you know, when legal surrenders are signed and and the baby's in your, your, you know, temporary physical care or in your physical custody, sure, then sending out social media or, or, you know, an email with, with a beautiful photo, I think that's a wonderful way to do it. You know, the other thing is, is that, you know, this, if if it's a quick situation, you know, there's a lot of adjustment and you're not going to have time to really engage in these long winded conversations with people. So I think it really is about determining the relationship and what you're interested in letting go of in, in, in that moment. 
Right. I think it differs. You know, there's there's really not a, a one concrete answer. You know, I think it's really person specific and and you know really based on situation. Now, shifting gears very slightly, um, most pre-adoptive parents assume that everyone will be as excited about their news as they are, which would be wonderful if that was the case. But sadly, it's it's not always. And I've even heard stories um, from clients of of office mates who threw a baby shower for a pregnant colleague while doing nothing for the person who's going through the adoption process. And, you know, I'd like to attribute that more to ignorance of the process itself than to any malintent. But regardless, is this something that you see happen often? How do you guide your clients on preparing for this possibility? Or what tips do you give them for managing it if it does occur? You know, it, that things like that do occur. And, and you know, also sometimes people feel like they have a license to give their kind of views on, on adoption without, you know, being solicited, quite frankly. And that can be really challenging. You know, I've worked with patients over the years where, you know, let's say they've, they've had a transracial adoption and people will just walk up to them and kind of open up, you know, a, a dialogue, again, unsolicited mm-hmm. about really kind of personal information or, or you know, it's, it's heavy content. And, and the person is in the supermarket and they're just simply wanting to pick up somebody. Right, right. Um, so, you know, I think it really... I think it's case by case, you know, I think when people who were close with and were really invested in, in having a close and loving relationship, and we want to maintain it over the course of time, I think those are people that are worthy of us saying, you know, can I talk to you for a second? Can I tell you how I'm experiencing this? And, you know, really communicating your interpretation of what they did or didn't do. Um, you know, I think you see as an adoptive parent, you know, just, just like anything else, when it's near and dear to you, uh, you are very aware and alert of, of how kind of society in general can really dismiss or, or, or disrespect something that's important to you. For example, adoption, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so, you know, there's a, a joke, around, you know, oh, you must be adopted. You know, people will joke around, you know, if a kid is, is different. Right. Or, you know, and, and I think for people who, you know, are, are adopted or, you know, adoptive families, that's not funny. So I think it's about having the willingness to kind of be the educator at times and, you know, perhaps have somebody who's real close to be an advocate for you that, you know, hey, this is something I would want or wouldn't want, you know, in regards to like a baby shower or, or things like that. But, you know, again, I think it's about intuitively being, you know, aware of, of what your needs are and, and having the confidence to put them out to the different people who you're you're close with. That's a perfect segue into the next question I was going to ask you. So you're talking about kind of helping people manage their, their understanding of the facts and the process. But do you feel that pre-adoptive parents often feel responsible for helping the people they tell to manage their expectations and their emotions? What, what, do you have any tips on that? You know, it's a lot because I think a lot of times the, the pre-adoptive parents are, it's, it, they're learning, right? I mean, maybe, you know, they didn't necessarily think that they would embark on this journey, but they are choosing to do so because they, they want to become parents. So as they're learning, they're passing on information that they're still digesting. 
So, you know, I think self-care is the number one thing for people as they go through this journey, because there is such a learning curve, you know, and that is definitely the benefit of being with a licensed agency who's really familiar with how the process unfolds because it's very challenging. There's a lot of, you know, emotional factors. And, you know, I think people who love you, they want what you want, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes their excitement and their, you know, strong desires to see you happy is not necessarily in alignment with the reality of the process. So it is important, like when you talk about having those initial conversations with your true supports, that they really do understand this is an emotional roller coaster, right? It's not as cut and dry as, as we wish, right? Because we're dealing with human beings and human beings are fluid entities. So I think it's also knowing when it's a good time to say, I, I need to set a boundary and take a little bit of a break, right? So right. what does that mean? That means, hey, listen oh, there's a christening next Sunday for my cousin Joey's baby and we're super close, but you know what? I can't do it, right? Because right now I'm tapped out and I just don't have the energy to engage in being exposed to, to that. It's too much. So I think managing other people's emotions, you, you do it when you feel rested and energized and equipped, quite frankly, to put out that energy. And when you don't, it's it's about knowing that now's not the time for me to do this. Right, right. Now, I last question I want to ask you about, and I think your answer may be pretty similar to what you were just saying, but it's a slightly different context. So I just want to put it out there. Before recording this podcast, I reached out to some clients and Facebook followers, and I asked them what points they might want to be addressed on this topic. And one person said that when she told someone they asked her why she had decided to adopt, which seems like, you know, a very common question that someone in that position would receive. But she said that she felt like, you know, it's such a complicated answer and it made her feel like she had to explain her whole life to them, which she really right. didn't want to do. And, and I totally get that. So what would you say to her or to others in that situation? I think it's about recognizing that all of the layers of, of our reasons don't have to be divulged at once, right? I mean, so it's almost like when you tell your child their adoption story, you know, we always talk about the best way to do it. It's through this kind of age appropriate lens, right? With, with you know, language that they can relate to and, and content that they can manage. It's kind of the same thing where, you know, certain people, you're just going to give them a little blurb. You're going to give them a a thumbnail and just say, I've always wanted to be a mom, right? Other people, you know, you may be compelled to give a little bit more about, you know, your reasons for adoption. You know, I always knew I wanted to adopt or we're struggling with fertility or my husband's brother was adopted and, you know, what, what have you. So, so I think it's not feeling like you owe anyone anything. Right. And remembering that, you know, people who have biological children, I mean, their, their privacy is really kind of guarded in many ways that go right out the window when you adopt. Right. So it's really, again, it's that entitlement to just kind of sharing what you feel uh, the person is worthy of hearing. And I think that it's as, as simple as that. You don't owe anybody your whole story. 
by any means, but there are some people that for whatever reason, you know, you're going to want to give them more detail and it's mutually beneficial. Right. I think that's a, a great context for it. And and I just want to thank you so much for, for being here, Lauren, for sharing your expertise in this area. Um, oh, again, pleasure. listeners, my guest today has been Laura Hoffman, licensed clinical social worker and social work supervisor at Adoption Arc. You can reach Laura on her cell phone at 215-808-2631 or via email at Laura, L-A-U-R-A, Z-I-E at hotmail.com. But of course, listeners, most of all, I'd like to thank you for tuning in. I hope you've learned something today that will make you much more comfortable when it comes time to share your exciting news. Take care and I'll catch you next time.